1: Brian Zimrak. This is episode 198 of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zimrak, and this is the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming movies, remakes, sequels, TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with someone from the TV, movie, or music industry. We've had a lot of great guests on On Screen and Beyond over the last couple of years here, and we are coming upon our 200th episode. But this week, we have a great guest coming away. It's William B. Davis. may not recognize the name, but you know him as the cigarette-smoking man on The X-Files. That's right. William Davis is going to be coming up in just a few minutes here on On Screen and Beyond, so I hope you're going to stick around for that. A very interesting guy, and he's got a great new book out, and he's going to be talking about that. And uh, it's all coming up in just a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. As always, if you have a suggestion for a guest that you would like to have here on On Screen and Beyond, you can email it to us at feedback at onscreen and I will see what I can do about getting that person on. And if you're on Facebook, be sure to like us. we got a link right on our homepage at onscreenandbeyond.com if you get a chance look around onscreenandbeyond.com because we've got a lot of things we've got movie reviews for you we've got the book nook which has some great books that uh, we've had a chance to uh, read and uh, check out for you and of course our dvd uh, movie releases and our tv movie dvd releases we have all our reviews there so be sure to check those out uh, it can help you out when you uh, decide to purchase anything you know uh, get yourself some movies or books or whatever and we've made it convenient for you so you can actually um, buy them Uh, not from us we don't sell anything but uh, you know I have a link so you can go get them and uh, some of the proceeds are going to go and help on screen or beyond stay on the air so uh, if you have a chance go ahead and do that we appreciate that and uh, you know whatever you're buying out there it doesn't matter if you go through our links we'll get a little little support out of that so we appreciate that. And that is about it for now, because we got to get right into Remake Madness. It's going to be coming up next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness, well, the animated TV show Ben 10 is headed for a remake on the big screen, and the TV show ran from 2005 to 2007, so we'll see what happens with that one. And the graphic novel Too Cool to Be Forgotten is looking at a remake on the big screen also. And Stretch Armstrong. Now, we've talked about this film, uh, you know, several times. And uh, it was, now it's been on and it's been off and all that. Uh, but now it's been picked up again by another studio that's going to be taking it over. And the re- release is expected to be in 2014. But there's no word if Taylor Lautner is still going to be attached to that. So we'll keep an eye on that for you. That's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen be Beyond, what's coming your way as far as upcoming movies right here. Upcoming movies, well, James Franco, Vanessa Hudgens, and Selena Gomez, and Ashley Benson will star in Spring Breakers. It's about four girls that try to rob a bank when they want to get some money to go on a trip for spring break. And they get arrested, and then they're reeled in by a drug dealer who wants to have his enemy killed by them. Sounds interesting. Well, the Monty Python gang is reuniting for a space-oriented sci-fi comedy called... Absolutely anything. So we'll keep an eye on that one for you. And Steven Spielberg will direct a biopic on the life of Moses called Gods and Kings with a 2014 release. That is it for upcoming movies. Next on On Screen and Beyond, we take a peek at what's coming your way as far as sequels down at Sequel City. <laughs> Sequel City, well, Terminator 5... Uh, won't be kid-friendly. It's going to be getting an R rating. So uh, look for that in 2014. And rumors are out that Rio 2, the animated feature, will come your way in 2014 also. And it is confirmed the sequel to The Last Exorcism will have Ashley Bell being tormented once again. That is it for Sequel City coming up next on, on Screen and Beyond. We're going to take a peek at what's coming away as far as TV on DVD. That's next right here. TV on DVD, well the complete original Dark Shadows will come your way on April 10th in a now get this, 131 disc set in a really cool coffin-shaped packaging that they have with it. So, I don't know what it's going to cost. I haven't heard that, but 131 discs. That is really amazing. And on March uh, 12th, you can look for Save by the Bell, the complete collection. Now, here's a cl- complete collection with three discs. <laughs> Not quite as much as uh, Dark Shadows, the original. And, anyways, Save by the Bell three disc set lands on DVD on March 12th. And on May 8th, you can get season two of Rookie Blue on DVD and Blu ray. That's it for TV on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen to Be On, what is coming your way as far as movies on DVD? we got it coming up here next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. (laughs) Movies on DVD. Well, Jonah Hill in The Sitter lands on DVD and Blu-ray in March. And in June, you can get Albert Nobbs, starring Glenn Close on DVD. And The Grey, which is actually the number one movie right now with Liam Neeson, arrives on DVD and Blu-ray in May. That is it for movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, I had the chance to talk with none other than William B Davis, the cigarette smoking man, the cancer man, whatever you want to call him from the X-Files. Now, he's got a great story, he's got a book out, and you you, you just go I read it and it's a fantastic book. I really liked it. We're going to talk about all that. We're going to talk about his water skiing. Water skiing, you say? Yeah. We're going to talk about all that. It's coming up next right here on On Screen and Beyond. <laughs> Today, my guest on On Screen and Beyond is an actor who has appeared in many movies and TV shows, but soared to fame as the mysterious cigarette-smoking man on the X-Files TV show. His book, Where There's Smoke, The Musings of a Cigarette-Smoking Man, is available in stores. It's William B. Davis. William, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thank you very much. The book, William, is uh, it's a fantastic book. I'm always fascinated when celebrities write their books, because you seem to dig deep down into yourself and reveal things that are personal and is that difficult to do
0: <laughs> um, you, I've, I've been thinking a lot about this lately and it's it's not so difficult to write it's more difficult to publish <laughs> <laughs> if you follow me mm-hmm. the the experience of, of going back uh, and and re-examining reliving uh, one's life is 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 amazing I mean it's just uh, uh, you know, I was forced to go back and contact people I hadn't talked to in fifty years, and mm-hmm. um, it's 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 so your whole life kind of reemerges and finds a shape, and and it's a fascinating exercise, uh, especially if, uh, as one does, or as I think I did, or attempted to be, reasonably candid about it. But then, of course, in the end, you put it out there, and uh, it's almost like you've. Uh, not quite taking your clothes off in public, but it's it, 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 you feel a, a certain degree of vulnerability,
1: for sure. I, I can understand why. Now, and the thing is, when people write memoirs, and, and we have a lot of guests on the show that, that they write their memoirs, and at times it seems that they they either go for shock value or they sugarcoat events in their life. But I was really impressed with the way that you did it because you don't bash anybody but you seem to be very honest about the people that you worked with.
0: Well, I thought, you know, I thought that was important both for my experience in writing it and 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 for a reader. I mean, uh, <clears throat> uh as you say, I've read a lot of sugar-coated uh, uh memoirs where the the, the person Writing was very lovely, and they did lovely things, and they met lovely people and and wasn't that all lovely right. <laughs> <laughs> but they haven't really said very much you know they haven't penetrated into anything, they haven't really examined anything mm-hmm. uh and that that was what I hoped to do, yeah,
1: like I say, it was a very interesting book and and I recommend that everybody get a hold of a copy of it and give it a read because it's a it's a great read. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Now, in the book, you also talk about the first scene that you did in the X-Files, I believe it was the first scene, where you decided that you were going to lean up against the filing cabinet instead of just standing there. Do you think that subtle little gesture forever changed the image of that character?
0: You know, I've often wondered that, but I've never asked anyone. Um, As you say, yes, I was standing... I mean, I was just standing where the director had placed me beside this filing cabinet, and I thought, God, I feel a little awkward and a little stiff. And Is this what I would do if this were me? And I thought, um, especially as I'm smoking, because that kind of um, gives you some sense of some kind of characterization. So so I leaned over. The, the cabinet was just at the height that I could stretch my elbow out and cross my legs, and... Uh, and this was a whole different position of of power in a way, and uh, there's actually a trading card of that very shot
1: really yeah it, it makes you wonder you know if you hadn't done that, would people have noticed you would have advanced <laughs> through you know would everything have happened the way it happened that's wow that's a
0: that's an interesting question. I'd never actually taken it quite that far, but, <laughs> but
1: that a pretty interesting thought yeah. now, what do you think made the cigarette smoking man such a memorable role for people to you know i mean a lot of times you'll see that on t v shows where a character that is not uh you know one of the main characters but just by different things that happen, the character develops not by the writer's own, you know, choice. It just, they develop and, and become a, a, a thing of their own. And that, and that, you know, I'm not
0: sure the, 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 the whole process, because I haven't talked to, you know, all the writers about it and, and how it all evolved. But, uh, clearly it was a, an evolution. The, the, the fans took an interest. They, say, who is this person that always seems to be in the background or doesn't say very much. Uh, um, the, just the image of the smoking and smoking everywhere, regardless, uh, uh, lend a certain sense of power. And 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 uh, then some uh, unusual circumstances. Uh, for instance, Gillian got pregnant. Mm-hmm. Gillian Anderson, who plays uh, the female lead, and so they had to create a story around that. And and that helped to begin this whole mythology story, which was propelled by the cigarette smoking man and. Uh, and his cabal, as it were, mm-hmm. um, and then finally, I think what happened was one writer came in one day with a big scene for the cigarette smoking man, and uh, they looked at this script. Uh, the, the you know the, the the producers and Chris Carter they looked at this script and they said, "Wow, that's a that's an amazing scene. That's fantastic." But 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 can Bill Davis act? Because <laughs> <laughs> nobody knew. They just me standing around saying a couple of lines and smoking. Mm-hmm. So apparently there were big discussions and they said, okay, well, let's take a chance. And Bob Goodwin, who was one of the producers, also directed the episode. And uh, he said uh, to me many years later that as soon as we started, he just felt such relief. He was just completely confident from then on. But uh, but uh, from there, of course, then the, then the, the character just began i say in that scene that i've watched presidents die and then of course we ended up doing a scene where i actually kill a president in a later <laughs> episode and on it went
1: yeah when you first started with the role did you know that it was going to continue on or was it just did you think it was just a one-time role that you were going to play in in one scene and
0: well uh, yes when when i first did it which was the pilot um mm-hmm. I certainly didn't think it had a future Uh, for for one thing I I guess it's a good thing I don't invest in television shows I didn't really think there would be much future for a show about alien abduction Uh, little did I know Um, but so that was the first thing would the pilot get picked up Uh, the second thing was if it was picked up would it actually shoot in Vancouver which is where I was based Mm -hmm. and thirdly if it, it did would this character continue and so uh I really, what, what actors tend to do in a, in our business, because it's so ephemeral, is, you know, we do an audition or we do something like that, and then we forget it. Because if we start thinking, oh, I wonder if I got that, or I wonder if this will happen, I wonder, mm-hmm. oh, those are, you can eat yourself alive. I mean, sure. You know, I've, I've had roles in TV series a couple of times, and uh, they're just starting to get rolling, and then the series is canceled. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... It's all a bit of a crapshoot, so you just uh, take it moment by moment.
1: You have to have tough skin, I imagine.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. Now, when you were a child, was that your goal? Did you want to be an actor?
0: When I was a child, I did. I wanted to be an actor. My cousins uh, ran a summer theater company that actually rehearsed in our basement uh, before they went uh, into cottage country to present their summer season. and and they one year they needed an 11-year-old or a boy or whatever I was at the time and of course I was close so they just dragged me in and I started doing things uh with them uh each summer and I started doing some radio acting and um, radio drama and yes I had well, I mean, really, of course, I wanted to be a professional hockey player, but I knew that was totally realistic. From
1: Canada, of course. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: So, the second best was to be an actor. Uh, when I got to university, I actually I actually switched my hats uh, uh, and thought, uh, you know, being a director was actually more like serious work, and, and being an actor was kind of like a plaything and uh, mm-hmm. time to get serious, and then for the next 20 years, I was a theater director. Wow.
1: Who were your acting idols when you were growing up?
0: Ah, when I was growing up, um, yeah, on on, on both sides of the Atlantic, and and in different ways. I mean, there's a, you know, there's John Gielgud on the one hand, and uh, Laurence Olivier, and uh, you know, the real kind of British stars, Michael Redgrave in particular, I think, in in that group, Mm -hmm. Um, and then American actors. Marlon Brando, when he spoke well enough that you could actually understand what he was saying, he was marvelous um, uh, Paul Newman, I remember seeing him in uh uh in a Tennessee Williams play on Broadway um, of course he's still around um, uh Alec Guinness, i think uh, and then there, you were know, there there were Canadians that uh, one wouldn't know but <laughs> uh, or one knew them in a very different context uh uh, because before he uh, got on a horse, Lauren Green was a common radio actor around the c b c in Toronto mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Do you remember what your first t v or movie acting role was you know the one the the first one that would be considered you know you got paid for and that type of thing
0: um, well it yeah, 's a bit of a transition because um uh, we didn 't have i hate. I hate sometimes this, this dates me considerably, but it maybe dates Canada a little bit, too. Because when I was a, a boy actor, we didn't have television. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was doing a lot of radio work. Yeah. Um, and I do remember my first role uh, on CBC Radio, where I had to join the union, the union which was not, which is now called the Association of Canadian Autonomous. Enten- Television artists, but at that time had no T in it. It was the Association of Canadian Radio Artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had to join the union at that time, and then I got properly paid and uh, and did for all my radio work that I did as a as a boy. Uh, TV and film came much much later. Um, my voice broke, and then besides which, I wasn't very. Useful on television, I suppose, as a boy actor because I was six foot three, <laughs> and <laughs> boys are supposed to be short. <laughs> uh, um, so, as I say, then I was being a, a theater director for for twenty odd years before I um, went back to do some. Well, actually, what happened was I was um, uh, I, I was. Uh, at, a, at a certain period, I, I wanted to find to, to refresh myself on actor training, and I was doing some acting classes, or just taking some, just to see what the acting teachers were doing, because I was doing a lot of acting teaching, mm-hmm. and found, oh my goodness, I'm not too bad at this. And there were two things I hated about acting uh, as a child. I hated makeup, and I hated curtain calls, but... I found I could do film work, and the first one I did was a kind of industrial film of some kind where I didn't need makeup, and of course on film there was no curtain call, and that would have been, uh, I'm trying to think when that was, late 70s, something like that. But Then I just began to do them a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more until all of a sudden that side of my career exploded. Yeah.
1: If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. Now, now for the X-Files you had to smoke constantly. Uh, was that tough considering that you had quit back in the 70s? Well,
0: <laughs> I figured it was safe. Um f- I mean, fortunately for a lot of reasons, I had quit quite a lot earlier. If if I had just quit, you know, if it if it offered me a show like that just a year after I quit, I would have turned it down. I, I'm I'm almost certain. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have taken the risk. Yeah. What happened was, since I was, you know, it was seventeen years or something since I quit smoking. So, on the for the pilot, they said, you know, do you want to smoke? Uh, we've got these herbal cigarettes, or so you can smoke these re- uh, a real cigarettes. And I said, ah, I'm fine. I'll smoke a real cigarette. So I smoked a real cigarette on the pilot, and then the next show I did, I smoked a real cigarette, and then I found myself sitting at home thinking, Gosh. I wish they'd call me for that X-Files show again. And then I knew, this is dangerous. <laughs> I had better not smoke any more tobacco or cigarettes. So from then on, I switched to these herbal cigarettes, which uh, are not addictive. Uh, they're not very nice. <laughs> they smell terrible. <laughs> um, but for the rest of the, uh, the show,
1: that's what I smoked. Huh. Now, I understand that you speak at, uh, at skeptic conventions, and, I have done, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that... I mean, people associate you with, you know, probably one of the biggest TV shows about conspiracy theories and all that. Do people have difficulty uh, separating you, the person, and you, the character, when it comes to the belief in paranormal and that type of things?
0: Well, that's that's gone through a kind of metamorphosis. Uh, because at first, not so much because... I don't think it was because it was the character. I think people are quite clear uh for some reason, it's not kind of like soap operas where they they really do confuse the actor with the character mm, yes. I, I think everyone did know you know that this was fiction uh, right. and, and that I was not that character, and especially if they meet me because i 'm a very different kind of person but 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 what they didn't realize was that i 'm a working actor in the trenches uh, i 'm not an a list actor whose fielding offers. And, oh, yes, I'd like to do that. No, no, I won't do those 20 films that somebody offers me. Mm. I'll do that movie. Um, I'm an actor, or had been an actor, who did a job if he got it. (laughs) So so I'm doing this show. Why? Because I got the job. Uh, I mean, it's a fun character to play. I mean, I'm not, uh, but I did not choose X-Files because I particularly was drawn to that material. But, but. Fans thought I was right. Yeah, and and they would come up to me and they they would offer to take me on skywalks to look at UFOs, <laughs> and show me secret <laughs> evidence about Area Fifty One or this or that or whatever. and I'd say, wait, 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 wait. I don't actually believe in these things, and they would look at me with shock. <laughs>
1: <sighs> now, I also heard that you you are a former national champion water skier. Is that true? Um I have to mo- moderate that slightly.
0: Um I have I have won the, uh national championships and I have held some records in my age divisions. Uh, so uh no I was I mean I was never uh, a national champion that at, no, or you know a world co- competitor. Um but uh the competition Weakens as you get older. Uh, And so, in divisions like over 50 years old or 60 years old, I I have from time to time won the national championship in in Canada.
1: Have you you been a water skier all your life? Pretty much. Um,
0: I I water skied as a kid, you know, Mm -hmm. at the cottage and thought I was hot stuff because I could go on one ski. (laughs) But I didn't really know anything about it. Uh, It was when I was in England, oddly enough, that uh, in my early 20s, And I was always an avid snow skier, but there was not much snow skiing to be done in London, England. Uh, uh, There was no snow and there were no hills, even if there was snow. Uh, So then I thought, well, let's look at water skiing a little more. And there were actually organized clubs who knew what water skiing was about. They had slalom courses and trick skis and jumps. And and from there on, uh, that became a a passion equal to snow skiing.
1: Mm. Now, were you excited when you had the opportunity to write an episode for the X Files? Did you did you enjoy the writing aspect of it?
0: I did and do because I've written some short films as well, and and I enjoy the whole writing process. The uh, writing for the X Files is uh, is a complex activity, which I didn't really realize. I had suggested an idea for a script, and Frank Spotnitz seemed to think that was pretty interesting. Why not? Um, and then, uh, so I went and wrote the script, um, and and handed it in. And he said, "No, no, 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 you, you misunderstood. Uh, no, no, that's not how we do it. We have to all get together, the senior writers and and producers, and and we board the script, meaning we block it out, block the story out, its chief elements on a big whiteboard, uh-huh. and move things around until we all agree." on what the actual story is going to be. Mm-hmm. Then once we've done that, then you go and write the script. Okay, so I did that and wrote the script, and then we revised it a bit and wrote the wrote script some more, and then uh, then Chris Carter rewrites the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> <I> <laughs> but guess, the good news is I still got the money. <laughs>
1: that's the important thing. <laughs> Now, you also started the William Davis Center for Actors Study in Vancouver. Do you enjoy the teaching aspect to to teaching your art to people?
0: I have always loved teaching, Um, uh, and I started teaching actually quite young. I started when I was in England uh, in my 20s, early 20s, teaching at uh, some of the top theater schools in London, Uh, so it's always been a a passion for me Uh, and, of course, I was uh, director of the National Theater School of Canada's acting program as well. So um, so th- th- starting one's own school is a different thing. I mean, because you're starting your own business, and, and that's a whole other
1: activity. But teaching, uh, I love to teach. You mentioned that you do stage. You've done stage work, and you've done screen, of course. Uh, is there one that you prefer over the other, or does it matter? It's
0: that's a difficult question because uh, it really depends on the material mm-hmm. a lot. Um, what what often gets to do on, st- on stage as a, uh, a director and sometimes as an actor is to work with really good writing and really great material, and then that's that's so invigorating when you can dig and explore and, uh, and keep finding new levels about both the material and about life in general because of the way you working on the material uh, and the whole creation process through rehearsal in the theaters it can be wonderful it can also be dreadful uh, <laughs> if you have a director uh, who you're not in, in sync with or other actors you're not working well with um, it goes on and on because you go on you rehearse for several weeks you, you play for several weeks and it just goes on mm-hmm. Whereas in film, if you have a bad day situation, it's over quite quickly. But um, but film has other fascinations, and I, I mean, I love to direct film as well. Um, but in film, you get to be very, very personal, very natural, very easy. You don't have to you don't have to fill an auditorium. But on the other hand, you have to do other really weird technical things like make sure you hold your cigarette just one millimeter, a little higher. No, 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 that's too much. No, really? hold it a little bit lower. <laughs> there, that's perfect. Now, when we run the scene, that's where your cigarette has to be. <laughs> so <Wow. laughs> are you thinking about what's going on in the scene? Or are you thinking about where is my cigarette? Right. You know, so there are all those different different issues. But uh, it's all uh, it's all uh, invigorating and, and exciting, and, yeah. and I love to do it. Man. Yeah.
1: New projects? What do you have coming our way that we can see you in? Anything that you can tell us? Um, about?
0: Yeah, there's a movie called uh, Tall Man, and I'm not quite sure where it is right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I don't have a big role in that, but it's it's beautifully shot uh, with uh, Jessica Beale. and it should be released soon. I don't. I, I know they had some kind of funding issues and whatever, so I'm not quite sure where that's at. Mm-hmm. Um, I just shot a a low budget uh science fiction feature called The Singularity Principle which is about parallel universes which is pretty fascinating by a physicist who really didn't know what he was talking about um and I'm about to do a small role but which might has the potential to be a, a much bigger role in a in a pilot for a new series called Out of Time
1: Ah yeah, that sounds interesting and uh, I, I was looking through your credits, and I noticed that you did um, a movie called *Behemoth*. And I, I can't remember if that's the one that was on the Sci-Fi Channel. It probably was. And I, I have a copy of it because they sent me one for review and everything. And, and and I just I can't remember what your part was in it, but I'm gonna have to watch the film again to see you in. It.
0: <laughs> yes, I was. I was a kind of professor, uh, sort of professor person in that. Um, sort of caught up in the. Uh, oh, no, I was the one, yes, I was sort of the Cassandra. I was sort of predicting that this was happening, as I recall, and, and nobody believed me. I was just a mad professor, and then it did turn out that the the, the planet really, or the, or the the world really is inhabited by a, a huge dinosaur. Uh, okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, now, final two questions. Um, yeah. We're going to take you away from everything we've talked about. What are your favorite TV shows that you enjoy, either new or old, when you want to just kick back and watch, uh, you know, relax and watch TV?
0: Well, I'm embarrassed to admit this um, because I'm in the business and there are all these shows I want to see, all these shows I read about, and yet I am so now frustrated by the commercials that I hardly ever watch television drama. Uh-huh. Uh, I, You know, I used to. You know, it was interesting. that I watched a couple of really old ones, like Big Valley. Oh and, yes, yeah. Uh, and, and I noticed that in in the sixty minute drama, there was fifty five minutes of movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. There was only five minutes of commercial. Yeah. Uh, and now it's about half and half. Yeah. And 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 no the wonder I don't want to watch. They just get me interested, and then they interrupt me with commercials, 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 commercials. So mostly for television, I just I just watch sports, I, and I and I PVR it, and then mm-hmm. and then
1: flash forward
0: through the commercials.
1: You, you had but me worried it, but... when when you said I hate to admit this. I thought you were going to tell me you like those reality shows with the the crabby the housewives <laughs> and all that.
0: <laughs> and I just don't uh, picture you
1: watching that. <laughs> no, no, no. What about uh, movies? What's your favorite movies of all time? Oh
0: gosh, of all time, oh. I said I said. Should answers prepared for these questions. <laughs> uh. Uh. It's you know again I hate to admit it but I used to love westerns but I mm-hmm. haven't seen them for a long time. Um uh what's so what's uh, um Mike Lee, Mike Lee British director, right? Mm-hmm. Um and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember the name of the movie that particularly excited me. Uh, it was a few years ago. Um, I'm, not, I'm not coming up with I'm not coming up with quick names. I think I'll I think I'll have to um, I'll have
1: to review my hard drive. No, that that's all right. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention is is that your character on X Files died several times. I think it was, wasn't it? <laughs> Three. <laughs> Three <Yes>. times. <laughs> now, see, if if you're like a cat, that means X-Files probably will have some more films coming our way, and you still have, you know, six more lives to go. So. <laughs> oh, I think so. I think so. I don't think the problem
0: the problem with new films of X-Files is the fact that I'm dead. <laughs> I think we could solve that or work around that. The problem is we're all getting older. That's right. <laughs> um, I remember talking to Chris Carter about that years ago, saying, you know, oh, I don't know, we're all getting older here. Um how how do we deal with that? Uh, and and that's I think that's a limiting factor on on, on future
1: movies. But, uh. Well, there's there's plenty of other questions that I know we could ask, and but they they are all in the book. The book is where there's smoke. The musings of a cigarette smoking man. People should go, definitely go out and get the book on our website. We're going to put a link that they can just click and go and get the book. So. Um, And, William, I thank you so much for taking the time to share your story with us.
0: Well, thank you, other than that, thank you for your appreciation of the book. I'm touched. Thank you.
1: What a nice guy. William B. Davis, X-Files, the cigarette-smoking man. Uh, You know, you watch the show and you think, this guy's not, he's mean, he's not nice, but he's really a nice guy. And uh, if you want to check out his book, we have a link where you can go and get it at, uh, you know, just click on it. And it'll take you there so you can get it. It's it's a great read. I had a good time reading it. If you're an X-Files fan, you're going to love it. And if you just like reading memoirs, it's very interesting. Check it out. William B. Davis, Where There Smokes, The Musings of a Cigarette-Smoking Man. So... Hope you enjoyed that interview. We've got a lot more coming your way next week, the 199th episode of On Screen and Beyond. we got a fantastic guest coming your way. She's going to tell us a lot of stuff, I'm sure. So I uh, hope you're going to join me for that. Then, of course, we're going to begin our 200th episode coming up after that one. And we got a fantastic guest coming your way. I know you're going to enjoy it. And uh, we're just going to keep going. We got uh, more guests lined up for some, you know, great chats. And and if you have any people that you'd like to suggest to us, email it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. dot com, and I'll see what I can do about getting that person on. And if you're on Facebook, be sure to like us. If you're on iTunes, please leave us a little uh, thing there, you know, a review or whatever. And uh, rate us or however they do that. It'll help people hear about us. So uh, hope you'll do that for me. And uh, that's about it. It's time for a wrap. And until next week, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. <laughs>